today's episode is brought to you by Pure VPN. Whether you're streaming, browsing, or just looking for a little more online security, Pure VPN has you covered. Rated 4.8 stars by TruePilot and seen on Wired, Yahoo Tech, The Huffington Post, and Lifehacker, Pure VPN offers blazing fast VPN services at an affordable price. Pure VPN also has features like internet kill switch, split tunneling, and the capacity to allow 10 devices per account, as well as 24-7 customer support. Right now, they're even offering a 7-day full access trial for just 99 cents and an additional 40% off their monthly subscription service. Use the link in the show notes to secure this deal and your online activity today. We're live. We're live. We're live. Are we? I think so. I forgot to do the mic check. How do I sound now? I Does that sound good? Right now? How do I sound now? Oh, yeah. yeah it's, you're, it's live. So I sound really loud right here. The mic is hot. Yes. There's no nod, knobs on this to adjust here. I have to do it in internally, right? Yes. That's the one, I think, in my mind, like the one takeaway from this versus the yeti was mm-hmm. on the yeti you there's a knob there's two knobs there's one that's like the gain so it's like how sensitive do i want the mic to be and then yeah. there's the how do i want this mic to pick up sound like do i want it to pick it up from over here from everywhere from two sides like it's that mic is super versatile and really good um and this doesn't have anything like that I mean, they were like 30 bucks, stand included. Yep. So, Cannot complain. Yeah. I, and I'm sure this is what Joe Rogan uses. Oh, yes. Gu- guaranteed he spent $30 <laughs> on his mics. I mean, they, they call them like Rogan mics as a joke. Well, we did just now. Yeah, no we do. Mm. I'm glad that this podcast made me take a break in this fucking weird movie that Keith's making me watch. Ooh, what movie? It's really tripping my balls right now. Um, it's called I Want to End Things. Uh, let me see. I, th- I think I'm thinking of ending things. Bro, it started it started out weird, like but normal, earthly weird, and then got weird weird. Oh. And uh, Keith was hyping it up for the last few days, and I was like, I'm down to watch anything that's fucking weird. Um, and it feels like, and I'm probably just biased because the person from um, Hereditary's in it, that lady, you know, the mom? The mom, yep. She's also playing a mom. But I feel like it feels like Hereditary. But I, I wonder if I'd feel that way even if she wasn't in it. Did you see Knives Out? She was in that too, as someone yeah. totally different. Knives Out was sick. Knives Out was great, but Love she was it. in it. She's got a very unique face. Um, she's she like does. very memorable. It's not like a standard person's face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so he he made me watch that, and I was like, "All right, well, if you're gonna make me watch something, I'm gonna make someone finally watch Gravity Falls." Like memes oh, yeah. have getting popped. Memes have been like popping up all over the place again. 
and I and it was like a sign. I was like, I need to watch this again or get somebody into it because it's gold. It's like I, we've talked about it on here, but we we've, we've talked about it, yeah. And you you've talked it up so much. It sounds amazing, like a like a far more toned down Rick and Morty of just like it's a cartoon, but it's very entertaining for older people. Even though it's not as like on the mature scale of like yeah, us singing inappropriateness, it's like definitely a good a good show. Yeah, and uh, like I was thinking about it a lot today because I was uh, thinking about Keith watching the first couple episodes, but it's about this kid who goes to stay with his uh, his great uncle. They call him Grunkle Stan, and uh, and he lives in the fucking woods in this really small town. And he's out exploring or whatever, and he finds volume two of this book that describes where all these secret societies are and all these ancient monsters like Bigfoot and ghosts and demons and all this shit. And it's volume two, and he's like, well, I have to discover the secrets of this and find out where the other ones are. Yeah, I was going to say, where's volume one at? Yeah, and that's uh, like the premise of the thing, and then it gets fucking absolutely bonkers. But so good. Um, so I'm I hoping you should watch that. And it's, you know, it's really bingeable. The episodes are like 15, 20 minutes. So you can watch like five in the span of a normal show. Yeah. And you're like halfway through the season. You're like, oh, I guess we should probably just watch the rest of it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I Because it was so fucking hot, I didn't sleep till two in the morning last night. And I just binged fucking uh, Legend of Korra. I have one. I'm one episode away from finishing the season. Dude, we are on the last episode of Designated Survivor. We've been binging that show. Wow. Hard. What happens in that again? Um, it's basically Kiefer Sutherland is like uh like the Secretary of Housing or something, uh, you know, in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And it's the State of the Union. Um, so like everybody is going to be at the Capitol listening to this speech and they have to have a designated survivor in case anything happens. So one person, you know, of the, of the group of all these important ass people has to stay somewhere safe. And in this particular instance, there is a Capitol bombing. So everybody Mm -hmm. dies and he becomes the president. Oh. Uh, what? I don't know how to be president. I don't want to be the president. This sucks. <laughs> and it's him basically learning like how to be the president and like kind of becoming like a badass. You yeah, know, he's kind of a timid dude. Uh, his nickname was Glasses because he had these like big frame glasses. <laughs> and then he starts like pushing all these other you know ambassadors around and stuff. And it's like you know he becomes a badass and more comfortable in his station. Um, and a bunch of other stuff happens. You know, there's an FBI agent uncovering terror plots and all this cool shit that happens behind the scenes. And it's it's really good. There are some things that are like, nah, I could do without this. But overall, it's a pretty, pretty dope show. Um, yeah. And it has Kumar from Harold and Kumar. Um, who really? Escapes me. Love him. really bad about that. Love him, though. He's fucking yeah. hilarious. He is hilarious in it. What's really funny is it's only three seasons long. And I think after the first two seasons, I don't know if it was canceled or what happened, but Netflix obviously picked it up season three 
because it feels very different and they cuss a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, we oh my god, I love that. Uh you know Lucifer? That show yeah. Lucifer. So they Netflix did the same thing. They got it from like fucking Fox or something. So it turned way up. And like the you could tell the CGI budget was increased because rather than showing the devil like once an episode or once every other episode, he'd be like the devil the entire time. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love that. Netflix is like and I, I want I'm sure there's a lot of people who like maybe like the writers and stuff that fucking love it, too, because they're like, oh, I can write whatever I want because there's no end to the budget here. Yeah, like we can we can do whatever we want here. And it's it's just funny because you've gotten through two seasons of the show being a certain way and then it yes. just kind of changes and you're like oh okay <laughs> it's your it's like your hopes that it turns up like that it just gets better like more money should mean that your favorite show gets better not always the case i'm sure there's a couple of things that i noticed and i didn't really look into it but like one of them is that the theme song changes just a little bit, almost imperceptibly. Oh, they tried to but get it's you. Just a little bit. And I'm wondering, like, did they not have the license for that music? Like, did someone refuse to give that up? Or did they change it just to be like, hey, we've taken over? And there are a couple of characters that just vanish, like, almost without explanation. Really? Um, yeah. Like That's the main Secret Service guy was like my favorite character, and he just he's gone, boom, nothing. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, so it's like it's not terrible, but it's just interesting. Like it, it's almost like they did take a hiatus, like it was canceled, and then Netflix is like, we'll pick this up, and and filming resumed, like you know, like a year later or something, where like other actors had already dispersed. I think it's such a good move because Netflix sees that there's a huge backlash from the show that's canceled or like there's some other circumstances preventing this really popular show from continuing. And they just kind of, they're, they're this mega company that can just pluck, pluck it out of the network that's failing and then make it their own. It's, I imagine them. They're just like a giant picking up like a little wounded bird. And like, <laughs> little guy, I got you. I'll, I'll save you. I'll fix your wings and you're going to be okay. But you know, then, like, instead of, it, re, instead of the giant repairing the wings, it, like, puts a little jetpack on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, God. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Uh, are we calling this, I've been thinking about this, are we calling this the Mulan cast? Or the Mulanisode? Um, Mulanisode makes me a little tingly in the man parts. <laughs> so did you have another one uh no i was just trying to shoot him off can you think of any of them uh, uh not after mulan episode that really hits me uh nope that's it i'm gonna write that down right now before i forget mulan episode i'm very excited about this uh me too i think it'll be relevant to people because i think I'll, there's a lot of talk about whether or not it's a good idea to pay that 30 bucks and if it's worth it um a lot of people are on the fence about it so before we continue on this line of questioning we must cheers the cheers must be had or 50 years of bad luck to both our families 
have to carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain. <laughs> but it'll be like your great grandson carrying like me up the, up the mountain. <laughs> you just like like you were just doing brain surgery and you just poked a part of my brain I forgot about and it just woke up and was really active. Just carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain. <laughs> Oh, wow. That was good. Uh, I knew everything about that movie. It's (laughs) all flooded back to me right now. You know, I wouldn't have said it if I wasn't 100% sure it would have hit. Like, I knew that you knew the movie. (laughs) All the time. I can fix that. We say that all the time. Oh, wow. That was good. Um. Yeah, so this is the Alex and Sterling Watch Stuff podcast, now that we're 12 minutes into our episode. Um, <laughs> We've lost you all. I'm Alex. I'm Sterling. Uh, this is a show where we watch, drink, and review. Uh, today's episode, as you already know, because we just said it, is the Mulan episode, where we talk about the 2020 Mulan release. Um, yeah. The old one, too. Um, but I want to go back to what you were just saying uh a couple of rapid fire questions the is it worth 30 bucks was it a good idea to make it um you know what what's the deal so what are your thoughts on those questions uh i i hate to be that person that's like it well it depends it just depends there's so many factors it depends so maybe we paint the scenario in which it's best for you you know like, if you're a fucking intense movie snob that only likes to watch things that are, win Oscars, then this is probably not your movie. Nope. And if you really, really, really have to watch it, and this goes for fucking everybody on this little in- fake list we're about to make, uh, you can watch it in December for f- without paying the additional 30 So you don't have to pay the additional 30 if you just wait till December, if you have yeah. Disney+. Plus. They're not holding the movie hostage. Well, they are a little bit, but it's like we have a date that the hostages will be released. So like yeah. you can you can watch it for free later. Like if you have Disney Plus. Like you can you don't have to pay the thirty bucks, but in my opinion, it's most definitely worth it. And I'll say this, even if you uh are not very excited about it and you know, don't necessarily want to watch it or it doesn't like make you excited or you know, you don't have any nostalgia towards it like like we do. Um, I think it's almost important to pay that money to encourage other studios to release content at home You're while so we're stuck fun. at home. You're so right, dude. Like, yes. I want to show them that this is worth the investment to do it because there are so many things that are kind of stuck right now. And I don't know how long we're going to be stuck how long movie theaters are going to be closed. Yeah. And so, you know, if people are questioning, like, is this a good idea? Like, we've, you know, sort of, we're 80% done with this thing. You know, we could finish it and release it, or we could finish it and hold it or whatever. And it's like, give it to me now, please. (laughs) Like, don't worry about this risk. Because there is that financial, ultimately, the the end thing is like, how much is this going to make or lose us? And... In Disney's shoes, they're going to be okay. 
you know, like even if this lost them a hundred million dollars, like they're going to be all right. Um, but a lot of studios are not in that position. And I think it's kind of important for the world to be like, yeah, we'll help. Like we want to watch this. We want to continue consuming whatever you're going to make. So we'll give you, you know, 10, 20, 30 bucks. There's very yeah. things that I would pay more than $30 for, but I think $30 is a reasonable amount considering like what we talked about before. Like if you're going to go to the theaters, you're spending 30 to 50 bucks anyways on tickets, concessions, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's, I, uh, I don't know why that's not the like Trump all end the argument statement right there. Because I, I blow way more than 30 bucks when I go to the movies on and average. Nachos are like $11. Yeah. Right? And it's so, a bag of Doritos and mediocre cheese. So. Yes. <laughs> like, you're you're going to spend 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, agreed. And I don't want this like. I've been fearing this amongst many other things since this whole quarantine began. I didn't want like a media black hole. Like I didn't want there to be like four months where absolutely nothing comes out TV shows or movies. And I'm just left in this dead zone where I can't consume anything new for the first time in my whole life. You know, I, that is scary to me. Like one of my favorite things is consuming new TV shows and movies. I love it. And if that stopped, I would fucking freak out a little bit. That would be a real, real change here. I think it would be okay for a little bit. Because I think you could then work on this backlog of stuff that we've been meaning to watch yeah. that yeah. already exists. And you're Do like, okay, I can watch it. To watch. That's true. We There's have a, a ton a, of stuff. But I think after a little while, you just hit this thing, right? You, At least I do. I hit this zone where even though there is a ton of content to consume, mm-hmm. a lot of which I'm interested in, Sometimes I'm just not in the mood for it. I'm like, I don't feel yeah. like watching that right now. I don't want to watch this. Um, you know, I was really excited about this thing to happen, but it's not coming out yet. And it's just like, you just don't feel like it, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like that could happen relatively quickly. But if there was some kind of a blackout of new content not happening, like there's a lot of things that I could fall back on. I guess I guess I should narrow it down because I, what I'm really afraid of is not having the things I'm interested in come out in a timely fashion. The stuff so, you like, already know about. Yes. So like Mulan, we were supposed to have already seen a long time ago. Uh, Wonder Woman was supposed to have gone down in August. Uh, we were supposed to have seen the New Mutants by now. But as we say this, like there are parts of the world and definitely the U.S. where movie theaters are opening and they're doing other stuff but where we are on the west coast and other you know really impacted areas are not showing movies so yes. unless you put on that fucking pirate hat you're not you're not watching them uh, <laughs> which i've, which I've <laughs> been staring at behind the cupboard my my glass my in the museum i'm just staring at my pirate hat thinking about taking it back out but i'm not cuz it's important to th- if you're lucky enough to be making money right now, I feel like it's important to put it where it counts. I agree. Uh, That's unfortunately what keeps the world moving. Uh, and like one of one thing in big part, like I didn't really give a shit in the beginning, but it ended up being a big deal to me 
was one of my favorite podcasts, and you've seen it a bunch, and and I'm sure listened to it a couple times, is the Command Zone slash Game Nights. Um, yeah. They so Jimmy Wong is the co-host on that show, and uh, Mulan was supposed to be like his his big break, and he left Game Nights slash Command Zone for like six months to pursue this and to go film it in New Zealand and stuff, and uh, they. I didn't. I thought, oh, that's really fucking cool. And then they did a full episode on it on their podcast and YouTube channel. And I thought, oh, dang, like they must be a little worried. Uh, they're really trying to support him here. And I thought, like, imagine if you finally accomplish your fucking dream, and then something so unpredictable and shitty like this happened and just yanked the carpet from underneath you. you yeah, know? dude. And the like, on one hand. It's super shitty, and it's very unfortunate of the timing. But on the other hand, it's not like Mulan is disappearing. It will get out there, and like that will still be on his resume in a way. So he can be like, yeah. "Hey, I was in this. Like, check check me out in this movie, and like you know, see that whole deal." Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like screwing him really hard, but it's definitely delaying his uh like launch to bigger things yeah for sure got to be frustrating not like he doesn't enjoy playing magic but uh right right his like side gig is playing magic on youtube (laughs) yeah like he he might you know take off as as a really successful actor in a lot of stuff yeah and the fact that that's delayed is really shitty i agree um let me think. We're going in no order. We're all over the place here. But I, what, while I'm thinking about it, one other big reason to not watch this movie was, uh, and this was brought up a long time ago, and this was brought up again when they gave the the new at-home release date for the movie. Um, a lot of people were boycotting it and protesting it because the character that plays Mulan, she's pro-China when there's a lot of uh, tension right now going on between China and Hong Kong. And I saw a post on this online somewhere, and then I read through the comments because I was very interested. And there's a lot of quick-to-hate people, and they're like, yeah, fuck that. Like, I'm not going to watch it because Hong Kong's in big trouble. And I I agree. I think Hong Kong is, should be left the fuck alone. And if it's anyone who believes in freedom, it's Americans. <laughs> Uh, but there was one comment in there that struck me hard in particular. It was this person that said, uh, a very, very large portion of her family is in China. And imagine having the fear that if you talk shit about China, that your whole family could disappear in 10 minutes. I was like, yeah, that's terrifying. I would say anything if, if I had that fear and like, we just don't know. The circumstances, and she didn't say, like, I'm down for police brutality. Fuck Hong Kong people. Fuck Hong Kong. She was just like, I would like to end the riots. It was like that. It was very, like, as surface level as you can get. Like, the the bare minimum. Like, I have to acknowledge this, but I don't want to get into it. So here's a little, here's a little blip for you. Right. And people just go for the fucking throat today. Yeah. These days. Um, and I don't think that's fair. But, like, if it's 
I, I think there are times when you can point fingers and quote unquote, I hate this culture and this term, but quote unquote, cancel somebody. Yeah, the there cancel culture thing. It's it's a very annoying term. You're right, but it's it's annoying. It's a real thing. Yeah, but it but, is so annoying when something becomes a buzzword. I immediately hate it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> super weak. Cancel culture. Like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, if we found out she was like doing something really shitty, like actively campaigning against people in Hong Kong or trafficking little little boys then maybe uh, girls. anything anyone <laughs> trafficking dogs illegally yeah, like if you my point is if you could put your finger on the exact crime and the exact thing she supports then maybe that's the time but exactly. you're punishing so many more people by not getting this movie yeah so I want to touch on the the other question you asked. Was this movie a good idea? Oh, like doing it itself? Yeah. Like the a lot of these Disney remakes, right? Like there was a bunch of cartoons from the 90s that What was are... the first? Maleficent? The first one? Maleficent wasn't an actual it was like kind of like a spinoff. It was a spinoff of, um, oh my gosh, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Um, and I guess Alice in Wonderland. Um, the this the one perfect. that comes to my mind was uh, like Cinderella. So... Uh... Like that's like to me that's the first one that's like a very heavily like Disney live action movie. Right, I, like Alice in Wonderland wasn't really promoted as a Disney movie. It was really promoted as a Tim Burton movie. Maleficent yeah. was I a Disney movie, but it wasn't. I think you got to break them into categories because there's definitely a difference between like the classic princess Disney princess fairy tale story movies and like Pirates of the Caribbean is a live action Disney movie, but it doesn't. St- feel or sound the same and you can't really put it in the same category as uh these other ones like a laugh and and in that there's a lot of live action disney movies but i think what we're what we're talking about is like live action disney remakes right yes yes cinderella beauty and the beast mulan um soon to be dalmatians well it's like maleficent they're doing a cruella I did not know that. And that's uh, Emma Stone is uh, Cruella DeVille. It looks super cool. I like it. I think she could kill that. It's it's a weird concept to me because, like, how are you supposed to empathize with someone who eventually wants to kill dogs? Like, how do you feel that way? Challenge accepted. Disney, please. <laughs> Disney's going to do it. Kill okay killing dogs. Jesus. Um, but I like, I like the idea of these remakes. I really do. And I think, you know, like, obviously everybody loves these stories and similar to our parents loving things that came out when they were kids, Mm -hmm. you know, we love stuff that came out when we were kids. And if we try to show younger 
people the stuff that we love when we were young, they're like, this is dumb. Like, I feel that way with Val. <laughs> like, if I go to show her something I love when I was young, she's like, this is stupid. And I'm like, yeah, but it's attached to my heart. So, love it. And, like, you try to force it on people and they don't give a shit. So, like, when it's when it's new again, that hits a whole new audience. Like, it's theirs for the first time. So, yes. I like the idea of the remakes. Um, and when I saw that they were doing Mulan, Mulan was one of my favorite Disney movies growing up. So good. I loved Mulan and Tarzan. Like that. Those are oh. my jam. Tarzan's a good one. Tarzan's great. And uh, they've done a live action Tarzan several times, and they all kind of suck. Unfortunately. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. Like, if they worked really hard, they could do a good one. It'd be tough because you need a lot of like, I don't know, a lot of foresty jungle swinging action and talking animals and stuff. Yeah, and that that almost leads into one of my, uh, I guess one of my problems with this movie, Mulan, was there are certain things that cartoons can get away with that just live action cannot. That's um, the thing. I that you're a hundred percent right, dude. Like. Some mediums are better at doing things than others. And people, I feel like people don't get that. For the most part. Yeah, like, the, you know, going into the Tarzan, uh, you know, tangent. The Tarzan Disney movie with the best Phil Collins soundtrack of all goddamn time. So good. Um, That had a lot of... Like, I'm a human, and I'm literally surfing on tree trunks. Like, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is how I get around the jungle. Okay, I don't... I swing a little bit sometimes, but I also just slide on moss everywhere. If you think about a live-action person doing that, it looks really stupid. Like, I'm trying to imagine it as badass as possible, and it's just not yes. cool. You... There's something in the brain that when you submit to like something like an unreality, maybe that's what we'll call it. When you submit to an unreality, your brain's okay with it. But if you are expecting reality and you try to bring it together with something that you know is fake, it, it you don't like it. Your brain naturally, I forget, there's a phenomenon name for it. And I watched a TED talk about it. I'm forgetting it. But there's literally a name for it. Why you don't like CGI, like bad CGI. Yes, and like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It. And it's like this thing, it's it goes back to the primal brain of yes. like self-defense and it's like this thing is trying to trick me and it makes me uncomfortable. Um which yes. is I think that it really exactly. I think the TED talk you're talking about was talking about AI robots and it's like it's supposed to look like a person um like game CGI the actual like latex skin yes. put on yes. real robots and it's like that thing looks very similar to a person but it's just not quite there and mm -hmm. i know that it's fake and it makes me scared because i you know it could potentially put me at risk yeah even though you know it just the fact that it's not connecting makes you feel uncomfortable even if you know like you're watching a movie and it won't hurt you you're just like Something primal, lizard brain, don't like it. Yep. 
exactly right, dude. Um, that you know that kind of kind of segues perfectly into the beginning of this movie, which was probably my only qualm with the whole thing. I'm very excited to talk about this. I have a couple qualms, so I want to hear yours. Uh, <laughs> I guess I have a couple qualms, but like my my one that I thought was going to make this movie unwatchable to me was the there's a there's a big emphasis on on chi and like chi makes you a strong warrior and Mulan has an intense amount of chi and you're as a woman in this period of China you're not allowed to fucking show that you have a bunch of chi and you're not allowed to be a warrior you're supposed to be a hot wife and that's it hot submissive wife with a lot of crazy makeup and <laughs> yeah and like a, a chicken like a literal chicken got loose so she decided to fucking d- jump into the matrix and sprint up walls and do backflips and bounce off of small things that don't make sense to flip around their tiny little village and that was too much for me katie and i were like no like like please don't tell me this is the rest of the movie don't tell I'm me that's so the movie. glad you brought that up it was way too much it's too much but sitting next to my five-year-old niece she loved side, it she was like, damn, this is sick. <laughs> Love this. That's guaranteed. The feeling she got watching that was the same feeling we got watching The Matrix for the first time. Oh, yes. You know, the Matrix aged a little better. I think what it I think is a little I... better, but similar things where she's yes. like running up walls and like just was able to flip up onto the roof and then she jumps down and slips and bounces off a little stick and then it flips into her hand and she's like I'm woman on and it's like that's bullshit but when you're young you're like yes I'm going to do that and now yeah. your little niece is going to start running up trees trying to trying to walk on walls and stuff and it's going to be awesome and I know and we'll get into this later but what I think hit so much harder too was the fact that it was a little girl doing this. Like, there's a badass little girl. And, yeah. like, straight up do not have much of that. And, like, uh, I'm sure there were a lot of, like, uh, little Chinese girls all over the place that were like, this is fucking sick. But, like, it affected a little white girl because she hadn't seen any strong live-action little girls do cool shit. Yeah, and I think that's one of the coolest parts of doing these live-action disney movies again yeah right these all came out like i said when we were young and you try to show somebody that and and maybe she would have loved the original she probably would because it's amazing but yeah you show somebody the original and they might you know think it's okay but when it's new and somewhat like catered for their brain you know Mm -hmm. uh it hits different and the fact that they're doing I guess a lot of the Disney stuff is focused on on female characters, which is awesome. But like, yeah, having that kind of encouragement and uh, like focus for young girls is like fantastic. So that was like the one thing that I was like, hell yeah, like show little girls that they can be Kung Fu warriors. Like, that's awesome. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's something I immediately knew my 30 bucks was worth it for. But <laughs> but that's like going back to the point if you if you are around little kids or if you have kids, especially 
a daughter, this is perfect for you to buy. Because, like, maybe it doesn't mean something to you, but it'll fucking really mean something to them. Which, hopefully, if you have a fucking heart, will mean something to you then. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, imagine if she was like, wow, I could do what Mulan can do. I'm like Mulan. I'm like, no, you're not. It's a fucking movie. (laughs) I would never do that. That would would make you an evil, evil man. But you're not like that. You're very encouraging. Giving her lightsabers and stuff. <laughs> um, Cast her a ninja star, a real one, under the table. Let's <laughs> free take it. Practice. I uh, I wanted to watch this so badly on Friday night. I admired that so much. Well, I've been looking forward to this movie for a long time because it was one of my favorites growing up, and I'm like, hell yeah, live action! Like I'm super down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am on Dom's Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And I do not have the authority to purchase it on on the account, even though I was like, I busted out my own credit card. And I was like, let's do this. And like the app wouldn't let me do it. And I was like, and it should allow you because you were ready and willing. They should make it easy for anyone to pay. One hundred percent. Like that is uh, something they need to look into because they're probably miss. I, I cannot be the only person that tried to do that. Uh, if you are not a, ch- yeah, not at all. If there are five accounts on there, uh, and like the, each five, each one of the five accounts represents a family. That's a lot of people who want to watch, who could want to watch this movie. Yeah. And so I, I had my money out and I was like, let me, let me buy it. Please let me buy it. And they're like, no, nah, yeah. sorry. It's gotta be the admin. And the admin happened to be driving at the time. So I had to wait. Ugh for the next day and i venmoed him 30 bucks immediately he's like hey i bought it it should be good now and i was like boom here's 30 bucks I'm like, <laughs> thank, you. thank you for doing this for me um so we got to watch it uh saturday night and it i had a weird experience with it i and i, I think i had the opposite of keith right keith was like i'm not gonna like this you know whatever but i'll watch it and then he loved it and i was like i'm so pumped to watch this yeah and almost exactly the halfway point we had to pause it and i like we're halfway through the movie and i was like i'm not loving this like i'm yeah i'm a little i'm a little bummed like it's a little too intense right the little girl running around doing backflips and stuff um (laughs) like it's just meh um the witch doing things was a little over the top yeah and then i kind of had to like course correct and i was like just just pretend that the old one doesn't exist and like just watch this movie you know and honestly from the the halfway point to the last you know to the end of it it was really good which is so ironic because like that's literally when the movie turns up it like does, at, like at, right at the middle. That big moment when, like, Mulan discovers who she is and isn't going to lie anymore and all that bullshit. It's way better from that point on. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I, I think if we both felt that way, there's probably a ton of people who felt that way. Guaranteed, yeah. I, I'm hoping I'm not the only one that felt that way. And I'm hoping... That, like, a ton of people didn't just hate the whole thing. 
um, you know, like at some point you have to step back and appreciate that, like, it can't be exactly like the cartoon. There's a lot of things that they've got to change. Yeah. Not only to be a little bit more historically accurate, but to play on a live action screen, you've got to alter some stuff. And that's just the way things work. Like, that's just the way it is. Um, one of the things, I'm I'm glad they didn't have it, but at the same time, it was such a big part of the original, was Mushu. Yeah, that's the Can't. big point. That's the big thing. He was such a fucking hilarious, amazing character in the first one. And there was so many parts. I, I can't be the only one. As you're watching Mulan, were there times that you're like, are they going to include this thing? Or are they going to leave it out? Oh, yeah. Like, when, when she has to bathe in the lake? Yes, yes. I was sitting there waiting. I am Yao, king of the rock. Like, I was <laughs> waiting for those dudes to show up. Stand oh, naked up on the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like we would be whispering, like me, Katie, and uh, her brother and his wife would be like whispering, "Oh my God, here's this part. Here's when this thing's gonna happen." And like sometimes it would happen, most of the time it wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I talked a lot to uh to Keith about it. He was like, he loved it. He was the perfect fucking audience for it. He loved it. Expected to hate it was floored but he said i was really butthurt that there wasn't going to be mushu but i think it would have been weird if mushu was in it and it would have been weird if all the singing happened um yes i wasn't expecting a lot of singing uh i figured that wouldn't be the case strictly based on the previews um the previews were a lot more serious yeah um and made it look uh way more like kind of a hero's journey movie versus you know like a disney movie uh so i was like i wasn't expecting musicals at all i don't really you know one way or the other care about that um but i knew the cricket and mushu were probably out of the question oh the cricket i forgot about him yeah because they find him way early don't they oh yeah the cricket's the reason the matchmaker doesn't go well (laughs) yeah it's like the cricket and not the spider. Not a right. spider. That's right. Um, did you also like how fucking badass the king was? Do you know who the king was? No. The emperor is Jet Li. Oh, yes, I did know that. That was fucking crazy. Did you know? I had to pull it up after, though. I can't say that I spotted him. Apparently, I'm not sure if this is accurate or true, but I read... That apparently he was offered the role and denied it because of the script and the pay. And then his daughters were like, it's really important that we, you know, tell the story of our culture and like, you know, like keep this going. And he backtracked and accepted the role. Wow. Okay. Isn't that badass? Yeah. And he ended up being like the cool one of the cooler characters. He was dope. One more piece of trivia that I have to discuss. It's somewhat of a spoiler, but it's very... It, it hit me in the face. So you know when Mulan is in front of the Emperor and that woman in makeup announces her? Yes. Uh, at the end? 
Yeah, at the end. Yeah. And that woman is the original voice of Mulan from the 1998. Oh, wow. That is fucking cool. She's the Princess Mulan. Yes. Um, so I've seen her in person. Um, what? Oh, yeah. Get ready for this, bro. This is fucking wild. Um, so have you seen the second Wreck-It Ralph? I haven't even seen the first. You would love them, first of all. But there's a scene in the second one where every Disney princess meets, like gets together, and they're like having a slumber party. And it's the voice of every single living Disney princess today. Dude. So like, all the original voice actresses of like Snow White, uh, Cinderella, Ariel, uh, Tiana, all of them. Um, and all of them came up on stage when Katie and I were at D23, and it was th- the biggest, craziest sob fest. Everybody was fucking crying. Dude, it has to be. That's amazing. Nuts. And, like, some of them were hell of old because fucking some of those movies are ancient. I was, I didn't want to be rude, but Snow White is an old movie. I think that she was from, like, the 50s. I think she was the only one who wasn't there. I think the rest of them were, and uh, it was it was nuts. They were like, and here is every single fucking Disney princess ever, and then they unveil the curtain, and it's all of them, and everybody just lost it. Dude, that's oh, that's so oh. sick. It was so crazy, and they had they even had um the the newer ones. They had like Moana there, and uh, fucking what's her name, Merida from Brave and shit. Like everybody. Oh yeah. You, that, have to, you gotta have them all. You can't just be like, here's the original four. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Them all. Oh, so You've cool. got the money, Disney. Make it happen. Yeah. Uh, that shit's probably... The, that kind of event probably won't happen again for a long time. Now that I think about it. Because it goes every other year. And they're supposed to do it next year. Because it wouldn't have happened this year. And I doubt we're going to be good to go. By... Um, June of next year. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, never can tell. Never can. Not this year. Um, so do you think that the movie should have been priced differently? Do you think it was okay asking for 30 bucks? I think $30 is the perfect price. Um, asking nice. for any more would have been uh, a real gamble. I, I guess $30 is kind of a gamble, but um, in my mind, $30 is like an extremely reasonable price mm-hmm. for, you know, what would have been, what should have been a theatrical release. Uh, it's it's tough. Like, again, it's it's going to be a personal question of like, how badly do you want to watch this? But you're writing this line of how much would I have spent at the movies and how badly do I want to watch this? Right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Like how much would you pay for James Bond? Yeah, I dude, I told you I'd pay a hundred bucks for that right now. <laughs> if they released it, if they released it tonight, I would spend 100 us dollars watching that movie. Like lay it on me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but very, like there's almost no other movie I would do that for minus the Batman. Like 
those two are very near and dear to like my my soul and so yeah. wouldn't do that for every movie um and if, you know if i went to the theaters to watch those i wouldn't spend 100 bucks you know i'd be spending probably 50 60 bucks on tickets concessions whatever mm-hmm. but the convenience of having that released to me right now i would pay a premium for but for most people the vast majority of consumers it's like you know, I'm paying for a streaming service. I, you know, would hopefully get it for free, but because of these weird circumstances, I, I'm willing to pay a little bit. So what is that little bit? You know, well, a movie ticket's approximately 12 to $16, depending on where you are and, you know, how big the screen is or if you're doing IMAX or, you know, whatever the crazy thing is, the XD, I don't know what, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> you're, you're going to spend some something just under 20 bucks we'll say per person yeah 30 dollars seems like a very reasonable ask and i think any more like if they went for 35 they would have gotten a drastic drop in admittance right yeah 40 a drastic drop 25 they might have gotten some more but like what does that look like in comparison so i i don't know in my mind 30 bucks is is right about there i I I like to think that there's, and I'm I'm pretty certain that there's all this data and research that goes into how much they should price it, but I, there's also that that fucking possibility that someone's like, uh, thirty would probably do it. Just put thirty, right? That there's a possibility. I think like impulsive. There's an buying. intern out there that's like, I thirty dollars. Boom. Put it. Yeah. Up. Yeah. There's a. I think like impulsive buying behavior for something like this might be like 15. Like what's a no brainer? Like a movie that you're half interested in, but it's cheap enough where you'll just fucking buy it. Like I'm for me, like uh, 20 or less, I think like if it's a movie that's remote interest, especially if Katie's also interested. Yeah. I I've spent money on movies that I wasn't sure about. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But like, I mean, I guess everybody is when you go to the movies. It's just different because that experience. Yeah, there there's a certain level for sure of paying for the experience of being in the theater, right? The big mm-hmm. screen and the surround sound being the the two biggest contributors, at least in my mind, right? Like yeah. when I want to go to the movies, I want to like be in the movie. Right, I'm there's yeah. a giant screen in my face that's literally wrapping around my face, so like I can't yeah. see anything else but the movie. My seat is rumbling from these badass speakers, and I have nachos and beer. Like that's that's a great time, and that's worth a lot of money to me. Um, not for everybody, but I don't know. It it uh, it it gets so individualized in that point where you're like, you know maybe this experience is worth you know 5 bucks to someone and 20 bucks to the next person over like it's just it's going to vary so much so you got to take like an average mhm and the problem with the US is like especially with this is i'm sure that you'd have so much more success in certain parts of the country if you made that movie price like 10 15 bucks but of course, people like in the East and West Coast, 
are going to pay 30 bucks for it because that's where most of the wealth is. Yeah. You know, so like, but you can't get away with that. You can't say, hey, folks in fucking in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, your movie's $5. But people in San Francisco, your movie's 40 You cannot do that. Yeah. And, and it will not fly. What's funny is, you know, years and years ago, you probably could have gotten away with that. You yeah. probably could have distributed it very differently. And no yeah. one would have been able to communicate with each other as instantly as we can now. So, like, people going to the movies in Wyoming, they're like, oh, what a deal. I can get a $5 movie ticket for Mulan. And people are like, what? My movie was 30 bucks. And they're going to lose their minds. Yeah. Like, and, and you'll have a crazy outrage on your hands. So now with this sharing of information, you know, it's got to be equal everywhere. So I would be curious to see a map of the U.S. with the distributed, like, uh, consumption of the movie. Like, where were the locations that this was purchased? Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. I'm, that I find that shit so interesting. I'd be very down for that. Um, do you have any more thoughts on uh, Mulan episode? Is that what we decided to call it? The Mulan episode. I do have a couple more thoughts. So, <clears throat> aside from some of the the major changes of no Mushu, no cricket, not a comedy, not a musical. Um, there was some funny parts, but like, our, you know, we talked about our boy Jimmy Wong a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a few things that hit me as very different. One of them being <clears throat> in the original, the enemy was the Huns. Mm-hmm. And I liked they they tried to to stay true to the cartoon as much as they possibly could. What I really liked about uh, this one and and that attempt to stay true was they changed the enemies from the Huns to the, what was it, the the Ro, Rohans, Ronans? Yeah, something, yeah, something like that. <clears throat> they changed the enemy because that enemy was a real force in the time that this was happening. And so they're Mm -hmm. like, we're going to make this change. Also, side note, the leader, the the main bad guy that we see, did he look familiar to you? Yeah, but he also had like 15 scars on his face. He was Mowgli in the live action Jungle Book from like the 80s or 90s. What the hell? And he's just an old, huge, ripped, scary man now? Yep. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, and terrifying. He, he played Mowgli in the Jungle Book, uh, which I thought was super badass. Um, wow, deep pull, Disney. But what I liked is that uh, in the cartoon, our lead Hun had a falcon that would like do his scouting. Yes. And the yes. witch in this live action became like a hawk and would you know, go scouting for them and stuff. And I was like, okay, that's cool that you guys kind of kept that parallel a little bit. I thought you were actually a cool character. Huh? The Hawk lady. Oh, I thought that was really cool. Um, Especially there was a couple scenes that I really liked that was like kind of creepy almost Mm -hmm. where like she uh, like was going to choke somebody and she like had her hand on them and her fingers 
were talons. Yeah. Like her hand was human. Like it was, yeah. she was like in the middle of transforming. Like I'm about to transform and murder you. I thought that was super dope. Yeah. Um, and that like, got was... super deep. It was like, we're both women and we have in crazy strengths. And I don't believe I can be accepted for my strengths. And Mulan was like, I believe I can be accepted for my strengths. And they yeah. broke took different paths. And that was like so deep for like a Disney movie. It's such a complex, crazy thing. It was. I think and, and that was a really powerful, I think, plot point was like I am the villain because I don't think I can be accepted and I'm a powerful woman. And she's like I think you can be. I think you can be accepted. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to be honest about <laughs> my shit. like, have you tried? <laughs> <laughs> have you met a man? Like, please. <laughs> man you haven't killed. Have you? <laughs> Put the talons down. Um, there was... Uh, the lack of Mushu, and I, I read this and I didn't quite buy it, but, uh, you know, I'll throw it out there because I, I read it. And I, it might be an interesting talking point. So the lack of Mushu was, you know, you got to keep the movie somewhat on a realistic track and a hilarious Eddie Murphy dragon is not realistic. <laughs> uh, but the Phoenix somewhat replaced that character in kind of yes. a guide. You're right. And I really dug that. Um, I think the Phoenix was a really good addition. And I think it could have been a little bit more badass, but it was very cool to like kind of have that, you know, I'm kind of lost, I'm stuck. And then you see the Phoenix and it's like this way, come on, follow my tail mm -hmm. this way. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm on. Um, Oh, what else? Oh, God. Oh, one thing that really struck me as extremely similar, and I'm wondering if this is some somewhat historically accurate, mm -hmm. is in the cartoon, there's this major battle between them and the Huns, and she uses a firework and blasts it on the mountain and causes an avalanche. Yeah. In this movie... She basically sneaks up around behind them and makes them fire their own catapult into the mountain, which yes. causes an avalanche. Yeah. I'm like wondering if that's relatively accurate to like there was a battle, there was an avalanche, then we found out she was a, a chick. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like those those two those th I guess three things happened in in both movies. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's sort of like what what is our like cultural equivalent like King Arthur, I think is like maybe our cultures. I th I think uh like we it's something it's like a story or a myth, probably not real. I think that's what their Mulan is. I don't think it's accepted as a real thing. But I think Mulan is a real person. I don't I don't think so. I think it's like our King Arthur. Am I crazy? And the reason, part of the reason I think this, and I, I, mean, I could be a you're right, that's total dumbass. Cool. When I was young, right, we went to go see this movie. Yeah. My, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back this up a little bit. My, both my back parents are very interested in, like, Asian culture. 
Mm-hmm. So like growing up, I had like Asian artwork around the house everywhere, which is cool. Tables, sculptures, paintings, you know, like Asian stuff everywhere. And I loved it. And. You know, when you grow up somewhere like in your house and there's just stuff that your parents have that you just stop noticing, like you just grow yes. up with it and you it's don't even see your it. house. Yeah, it's just your house. You just there's stuff there that you it, it just exists. Mm-hmm. One of these was a painting and I, you know, we went to go see Mulan and then we came home and I was I had to go out to the garage for something. And on the wall was a painting of Mulan. And I didn't know it until after I'd seen the movie. Whoa, really? Old ass painting. And that's it's Mulan perfect. walking with her horse in the snow. And I was like, that's Mulan. And my mom's like, yeah, um, you know, and that had been there like since before I was born. So it's like a really old painting. What what I think is really fucking cool about all these Disney stories is like they're not just made out of thin air. Like Disney pulls these from really fucking crazy cool places. Like all these, at least I can't speak for all of them, but like the Disney princessy ones, like even Moana, Frozen, all the shit, Ariel, all of these come Pocahontas, all these come from things. Which is interesting, like really cool stories in these cultures. And uh, I don't know how they did like back in the day, but it seems like they're doing a better and better job of like respecting the culture and really nailing down the story. What I mean, they they have to change it a little bit because most of these stories end in fucking someone's entrails coming out of their stomach or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, all the grim stories. Yeah, uh, but. They, I think they do a much better job now, and I love, yeah. I love that. Like, it's a retelling of some ancient lore, like from the given culture. And that's, I think, it's really cool to keep that going. Yeah. Um, I just did a very quick Google search. Mulan mm-hmm. is not real; it's a folk hero. So, yeah, it's like, you're it's totally like right. King Arthur, or, um, or that guy we had, uh, that supposedly like went through the mountain with the hammers. That's that's an a very American story. Uh, uh, go on. What a dude that went through a mountain with hammers. Yeah, you don't know this. Uh, no. <laughs> you know it's funny in my brain. I'm like, it might have been real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know Mountain Mike. <laughs> mountain Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. It's it's a let's see, John Henry. Uh, John Henry is an African American folk hero. He's said to have worked a steel drive. He is said to have worked as a steel driving man, a man tasked with. Wow. Yeah. So basically, it was a guy that uh, like would basically fucking dual wield hammers and like plow through the mountain, and. Um, he like wasn't. I I hate that I'm shitting all over the story right now, but we'll revisit this and we'll correct it. We should, yeah. He was given an impossible task to go to. They were like, "Well, I'll give you guys rights or freedom as slaves if uh, you could fucking go through this mountain in one night." So the guy that was legendary with his hammer skills picks up a second hammer and literally swings his way through the mountain and fucking 
beats the time like by sun sunrise he flies through the mountain and he dies like he has a heart attack at the end and dies but he got everyone like on that side of the mountain and connecting freedom he freed him because oh that's badass i've never heard that but that's really Really? cool and should one thousand percent be a movie holy shit yeah uh so that's like like an american story you know I've never heard that. I'm sure. I'm sure there are there are some some others like yeah. The, there's got to be a bunch. At least you and me being white dudes with European descent, I thought uh, like King Arthur would be like. You're right. I think King Arthur would be the most applicable, like, uh, you know, link to that, yeah. where it's like some kind of legendary tale of uh, someone who seemingly shouldn't have this awesome position you know gets it somehow yes yes um hercules might be getting a little bit closer like in the same region but we're both not greek well you're italian yeah i'm I'm closer (laughs) you're close to that uh Pixar's coming out with a, an Italian movie, which it looks really fucking cool. What? Yeah. Um, it involves an ancient Italian sea monster thing and a little boy named Luca. I'm all about sea monsters. You know this. You love sea monsters. Sea monsters? Okay. Sea monsters are the most fascinating things to potentially exist. Because the ocean, <laughs> the ocean is so unexplored. So they're, they, they might exist. There might be crazy shit down there. Or, if not right now, almost statistically certainly existed, you know, way back. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Like, imagine a giant crazy dragon in the water. Oh my god. I would I would I mean there are so many stories from like old voyages and like travelers from way back in the day being attacked by something terrifying. And I would love to know that just one of those fucking many things are real. Like a giant just one of them. or a fucking sea dragon thing. Just one. See, I wouldn't even be content with a giant squid. We've seen giant squid. They're real. I want something else. I want a Gyarados to come up and be like, <laughs> this is real. And like I... the only reason we don't know about it is because it died above the Marianas Trench and its body fell to depths that we have not explored. Yeah, like you'd ha- literally have to excavate the bottom of the trench, which we can't and won't do. Exactly. Like there's got to be crazy large things down there that we have not found. Sea monsters are my shit. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, do you uh, do you remember playing that game, No Man's Sky? Yes, No <laughs> Man's Sky. And I'm like, dude, you've got to find a planet with sea monsters on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was determined to find a sea monster on that massive flop of a game. <laughs> dude, that game was really cool, but the ads for it were extraordinarily deceiving yeah they were like hey you go to a planet and everything's ridiculously dope everything's cool 
these monsters are cool. These aliens are cool. There are sea monsters. There are giant dragonflies. And then you go to a planet and you're like, this place sucks. Like, there's yeah. poisonous desert plants and I'm running out of gas. Yeah, like, <laughs> nine, yeah, nine out of ten planets had nothing. Uh, and all the shit I wanted, like, I wanted to be able to go to a cool planet that, like, McCoy found, you know? I wanted to go, McCoy tells me the coordinates of this thing, and then I want to go there. Like, that's what I want. And they didn't deliver that until, like, now. Like, th- I think, like, within this year. Which is what? crazy. Really? Yeah, and this was, like, what, three, four years ago? This was, like, yeah, three or four years ago. Because this was when I was living with you. <sighs> Fucking crazy. But on that same vein, in that same vein, there these guys have made this game called Mystica. And they... they, they Weren't even fucking trying to hide it or sugarcoat it. They were like, imagine playing old school Zelda, but it's fucking different every time. Because it's uh, procedurally generated, just like No Man's Sky was, uh, but it's like a Zelda game. So every time you play, everywhere you go is like a new place. And it's What just... do you mean procedurally generated? What does that mean? So you give the computer a bazillion different things it can work with. So, like, here is what's allowed for you to make in the game, and I want you to randomize it every time someone goes somewhere else. So, like, it can mean anything. Like, you could say uh, an ocean place, a desert place, a plains place, a swampy place, a fucking steampunk place, uh, a castle, all these things. And then the computer fits up something out of like a thousand different categories and matches something together when you go to a new level and you get a you get like a hodgepodge of all these acceptable parameters and then wow so each game is completely unique to you but in that realm like no man's sky right so <clears throat> in no man's sky was like mm-hmm. the most expanded universe you could have and you could give coordinates, and that person, right, could go to those coordinates and experience the same thing that you did. Yeah. That's important. So I think you could do that in No Man's... I know you can do that now in No Man's Sky. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't think there's, like, a shareable aspect of this game. I think it's, like, the whole point is to never have a never-ending set of adventures. Um, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty intense to build a game that is always different. That's almost impossible because then it's never ending. It's like, uh, the, the way I think of it is like there, there is no end. So it, it ends when you want it to, you kind of just burn out on it. Like you have a lot of fun, you do a lot of shit, but like the variety, even though, it's different every time the variety in what you're looking for ends. It be, yeah, it, you begin to see patterns in like, oh, you're just selecting different, you know, parameters for this creature, but it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're on something fucking wild and crazy that I can't imagine. Could be. Um, we will see. We'll see. I've gone massively off track, but that's okay. Yes, Mulan. 
<laughs> uh, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. A lot of people it was really it. good. Some I people watch it again, knowing what I'm getting into now. Again, it's like one of those. It's like uh, a Shyamalan movie, where when I'd watch the trailer, I expected something, especially because I'd seen its predecessor. I'm like, okay, I know what you're pulling from, and I'm expecting something. Mm-hmm. And now that I've seen it one time, I want to watch it again to appreciate it more. Because, like I said, the first time, the first half of the movie, I was, like, kind of disappointed. Like, I didn't love it. I was expecting to love it. Like, I was so pumped. I talked to Fal about it for months. Like, when they they launched the first preview, I was like, we're watching this. This is going to be the greatest. (laughs) I was pumped. Because, like I said, Mulan was, like, one of my favorite Disney movies growing up. So, I was in. Mm Mm-hmm. We get about an hour into it, and I'm like, it's okay. You know, it's like, man, oh, that hurts. And she was hurt. Like, I, she didn't pay for any of it. I paid for all of it. And yeah. She was like, I wanted you to love this. And I was oh. like, I wanted to love it. And, and then the second half came, and I was like, okay, this is pretty sweet. But I, you know, I wasn't in love with it. And so I want to watch it again, give it some give it some juice and i, I want to make her watch the cartoon because she's never seen it oh that's she's gonna be like i can't believe they're related they're so different <laughs> i don't think she's gonna like it for some reason she doesn't like cartoons i feel like if you weren't um born and raised on the cartoon that you're probably not gonna like it now in your adulthood especially disney shit yeah and that hurts me to think because me it's too me so too. funny all of it is hilarious to me. And like throughout the whole movie, I was like imagining the cartoon in the same scenes as like, you know, she's getting the makeup put on her. She's with the dudes in the camp. She's yeah, a badass. Like she's doing all these things. And in the movie, in the cartoon, they're so hilarious. Yeah. So I'm uh, like, how could she not love it? And the three guys that work with Mulan are way funnier, too. They're, like, the funniest. Oh, one of the other trivia things I read, and I don't remember hearing it in the movie, but apparently one of the guys is named Cricket, which oh. is a callback to the Cricket. They they didn't add the Cricket in the movie, uh, so they're uh, like, we're going we're gonna to name this guy Cricket. That's funny. One other thing I wanted to touch on, I don't know if I'm dragging this out, but whatever. I don't care. Uh, That's w- one other thing I wanted to touch on was that in the cartoon, the commander of the camp is like her love interest. Yes. And there's this kind of relationship there. And they they basically split that person into two characters uh, for the live action. Right. There's a handsome young man. And he's not in charge. Him. But he's not in charge. Yeah. And Donnie Yen, who, thank God for Donnie Yen, he's amazing. That was was really cool seeing him there. Yeah, I, God, I love him. He's, he's amazing. He (laughs) was the commander of the camp. Uh, Commander Tung? Tung? I don't know how to say his name. I don't remember. I love how he would finish Mulan's sentences. I love it. I find it so funny when that happens. She walks in, she's like, I gotta tell you the truth. And he's like, I know, you're afraid to go into battle. 
You're not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, he's look, like, I would yes, love for you. I'm an angel. It's my daughter. <laughs> so funny. I want you to marry my daughter, and I'm so pumped to see your dad's face when I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is gonna go wrong. <laughs> so funny. I love that. Um, but you're right. The the they were different and i don't know i don't completely know why i have a feeling why i think they just didn't want it to be weird on camera like in a real live action thing um i feel like they could have done i feel like they could have done it but apparently it would have been strange i don't know so i'm basing this on near nothing but a conversation that Katie and I had. Uh, I don't know if Disney has come forward and said this to be a thing or whatever, or if this is just fan theory, but I hope it's not true. Uh, And I'll explain why. Uh, So the original guy, supposedly people are going back and saying that he was one of the original uh, gay characters in Disney. And I'm like, absolutely not. He had a thing for the guy that had a thing with Milan afterwards. Like when he was like, "Oh, thank God, you're a woman." I had these strange feelings, and I couldn't explain why. Oh. Now, that guy, uh, they, I definitely don't think he was gay. And like, what offends me is like, you can't to earn points in the gay community. You can't just change characters that could maybe pass as gay to gay. Like, fucking make cool new gay characters. That's how you do it. You don't selectively pluck characters that you can just get a cheeky, quick win out of. Agreed. Yeah. You know, like, like, if I were gay, I'd be, I'd, I'd be fucking offended. I'm offended and I'm not gay. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of weird. If, if it was obvious that they were gay from the original, then yeah, yeah. like, play on that. Do it. But don't just be like... Yeah, we want to score points with the gay community, so this character is now gay. Like right. you're right, that's not the way to do it. Uh, put someone else in there, like put you know a new character that is gay, and and make that, you know, make that a thing. Yeah, and that's not to say that all characters are not gay. I think this one was just a bit of a reach. Like, uh, what's uh in um. Beauty and the Beast, Gaston's right-hand man. What's his name? LeFou? Is that his name? LeFou, yes. LeFou, definitely gay. Super gay. Like, yeah. in the cartoon, he's, like, singing songs about sucking Gaston's dick. Like, he's super gay. <laughs> He's like, I love this man. He's the best. He's super hot. And I'm like, if you just think about it with an adult lens, you're like, oh, like, this is romantic. And then it, and then they did that change in the movie, and it makes sense. Uh, but it's not like it's not Mulan was so different. It was like yeah, it's some gay points quick. Yeah, it's yeah. like almost like pandering, and you don't. Yeah, want yeah, and the, I notice a lot of people do this in the comic book community, and like they reinvent characters that we like as like characters of different races or sexual orientations or whatever um just make 
just give us new representation. Give us cool new characters that fit those molds. You know, exactly. That's how you do it. Like, it's don't be lazy. Just make cool new ones. Like, a lot of I I learned a lot of people were stoked about um, Miles Morales, uh, Black Spider Man, but yeah. a lot of people weren't, and a lot of black people were like, "Come on, you can just give us a a cool new character." Like you have to recycle one, and I get that. I fucking get that, man. Um, don't be lazy. So don't touch our guy from Mulan is what I'm getting at. Agreed. Uh, and but they didn't push hard on the romance thing. Like there's definitely romance stuff in the cartoon, I think. But yeah, hundred percent. There's there's some feelings there, and I think in this one they did do a pretty good job of kind of staying away from it. Um, they, they let on a little bit, like there was something with those two in the camp, but like not a lot. I like that they didn't go there. More on the fact that it was like kind of a admiration and not like a romance. Yeah. Makes sense. You know, I can tell that this person that I'm in camp with is, is powerful and strong Mm -hmm. and not like. I want to do this person. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to stab this person in multiple ways. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like, I, I bet a lot of people were stoked that they didn't like have a romantic scene at the end because the whole thing, the whole premise was about Mulan being comfortable, being a strong, powerful woman and almost at points like a godlike woman. So like, yeah, seriously. Uh, so, you know, the whole thing, I don't, I don't need no man. Uh, I feel like that was huge to the story for her to be a strong, confident, independent woman. Yeah. So I'm glad they didn't lean on it for that reason. Uh, but I liked it. I think maybe it should have been like 25 bucks for me, but do I regret paying for it? (laughs) No. No. Because uh, my niece fucking loved it. And we were like hanging out. And she literally asked me and her dad if she looked like Mulan. And we're like, uh, uh, yes, absolutely. You look just like Mulan. You are Mulan if you want to be. Perfect. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Um,. That's all I got on it, and I got, after we clock off, I have a, a fucking funny video to show you. Ooh, nice. Very important. Well, I think I've said everything that I need to about it. Um, nothing else is coming to mind, so it must not be important. Um, if you want to reach us, Ooh. please hit us up on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. ASWS podcast uh, on any of those things. Um, you can search Alex and Sterling Watch Stuff and we will be there. You can call us at 415-488-5031. Or you can email us at ASWSpodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you, whether it's you know criticisms or uh, recommendations or whatever. Um, if you want to be on the podcast, maybe. Uh, but other than that, I think it's about time to go. That is it.
Cheers, See buddy. See you guys later. Oh, cheers. Oh, good cheers. I almost cursed your family on accident again. Would have been a nightmare. All right, we're going to log back on in five seconds to uh, right. talk about whatever you're talking about. Yes, sounds good. Bye. Bye.